0: Welcome back or welcome to the Next Level Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. And as always, we are brought to you by Apex Performance, the only leadership training and development organization focused on the security industry. And I'm excited today. We have a, we have a, a different kind of guest. And so typically we bring in people from the security industry with all types of different backgrounds uh, and experiences. But I, I got uh, a different sort of guest today. Uh, uh, Johnson Falla is a, uh, a a fellow Tommy UST University of Saint Thomas um, football player. I played there uh, a long time ago, and not to the level of successor or accolades that that uh, that Johnson has. But we'll talk a little bit about that. But we're we're kind of connected through that through that common thread of Saint Thomas alumni. Um, it's a it's a you know. A great school um, here in in uh, Saint Paul, Minneapolis area, and and Johnson and I got connected on LinkedIn. I forget when and 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 how. Probably some mutual friends. I I coach some kids there. I know some. I mentor some younger guys. So I'm sure it happened some way through that. But at any rate, I've been following you, and I've had this interest in in talking to someone who had participated in uh, Saint Thomas's emergence from a a, a Division three powerhouse in all sports to a division one program. Uh, and it's the only program in NCAA to ever do it. And so insider's perspective, I wanted to talk to to you a little bit about what that journey was like as an individual, as an athlete, um, and, and kind of talk about that culture, talk about being you know, a leader in the room and, and what the other leaders uh, did to help that journey. And, and then, you know, what you're looking forward to doing now that, uh, um, you know, you're launching to the next level uh, post college. So so welcome to the program, Johnson. I want we start out talking you a little bit about yourself, your background, um and uh, and then we'll jump into the story uh, at UST, yeah,
1: of course. first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, like you said, my name is Johnson Fala. My story starts back. I'm originally from Marova, Liberia, which is the capital of my country, Liberia. I was born, 3rd, two thousand. So I moved to the U.S. when I was five years old, so I don't really remember much back home. I just know that my dad came here earlier on with his three cousins. They came here to go to school. And then I don't know what happened then, but my dad was able to save up enough money to, to bring over his wife, my mom, my older brother, my older sister, and my twin sister and I. So we got here in 2005. I think it was like around like Thanksgiving, like October, November, around that time. Because I remember it was my first time seeing snow ever. When we first came here, it was freezing. Like, we were not prepared, like, at all for to experience snow or anything cold like that. Because where I'm from, it's only rain and sunshine. Like, you don't experience snow. So that that was all interesting to me. So I grew up in the Minneapolis area. And then in third or fourth grade, my family and I moved to Brooklyn Park, which is where we currently still live in. And then I started uh a a big soccer fan because growing up in Liberia, all you do is play soccer and go to school so i started as a soccer player i never actually played soccer i just always been good at soccer like where that's where we're accustomed to back there Mm -hmm. and my sports during didn't begin until fifth grade i signed up for house league basketball for awesome nipper Grove, the omgpa so then in fifth grade, I started playing basketball. I fell in love with it. Watching guys like Shaq, Kobe, and the Lakers back in the day, like really drew my love for basketball. So that's like, I feel like basketball still is my favorite sport because that's the first I grew up watching and, and, and admiring. So Kobe was a big inspiration for me. And then when I searched up who Michael Jordan was, my mind was, was just blown out the way how a guy like that could just do it, much whatever he wanted on the court. So that's why I grew my interest more in basketball. And then sixth, seventh grade, continue playing that basketball on. And then in high school, I was still playing basketball. So my football journey didn't start till my sophomore year in high school, which is crazy because, like, I always wanted to play growing up, but then having, like, an African parent, especially my mom, she's always afraid for, like, oh, you're going to get hurt doing this. Oh, this is going to happen to me playing football. So I'm like, oh. And at that time, I wasn't as big as I am now, so I obviously was scared because, like, I was just a skinny, tiny kid, so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to play football until later on But then. Sophomore of high school, I was like, Well, I really want to play, but I don't want to get hurt because basketball is still something of goal of mine to play in college. And I was, and I've always been good at basketball at the point where like my junior, my freshman, sophomore year, I was always playing like a great higher than me just because I was mm-hmm. like better than my than my age group at that time. So then football, my sophomore, year, I'm like, Well, I was just trying to see what happened. So then sophomore year came, I tried it out, I made the team. And then I started as a receiver, which is like I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like I can do this. Like, cause I was I was also in tracks. Cause in high school I did basketball, football, and tracks. So I'm like, well, I can use my speed to get past these DBs. So like I was actually pretty good at receiver. And then that summer going to my junior year, my head coach, Coach Lamker, who's the current head coach at Augsburg, he left. So we got a new coach, Ryan Stockhouse. I think he came from Holy, Holy Family, I think around that area. I'm not too sure exactly. So, my junior year, he came along and then he persuaded me to play football more because I wasn't, still wasn't feeling it that much. If I'm being totally honest, I'm like, well, this is something I would do for fun, but it's not what I want to do. So, then he somehow convinced me because I did AAU. I've played AAU since sixth grade. So, that's basically just basketball all year round. So, he convinced me to like uh, that week. Well, I was on a tournament. He, he convinced me to go to South Dakota State, like the Jackrabbit team tournament. Yeah. And I was still not trying to go. He even helped some of my fundraiser for me to, like, pay for it to go because I'm, like, I still don't want to go. But then I ended up going anyway, and I had a great time there with the guys. And then I saw other teams there. I saw the competition. I'm, like, well, this should be interesting because I love competition, first of all. Like, athletic area athletes are super competitive. And my team, like, I just love the guys in I'm, like, well, this should be fun. So that year, it was, like, my first year on varsity and I didn't really play DB at all. Like I had like a because I played a little bit on sophomore year, but I was mostly a receiver. So I thought I was gonna go in as a receiver. And then he's like, "No, you're going to be a DB. You're super athletic. You're super fast. Like you, you pretty much got this." This is what he told me. I'm like, "Okay, I'll try it out." So then that, that 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 team camp I did actually surprised so myself. I did really good that year. And then that following fall season, I was just starting DB. Had a great season. I gained my first scholarship after that year from Crookston. They were the first team to reach out to me and first team to offer me like right away out the gate, which like, to me, that was pretty cool because like I never thought I would be getting a scholarship for college football at all. So after that, more teams in the conference started offering like St. Cloud State, Bemidji State, Duluth, Mankato, I had interest offered from all those schools. And then i I even got some looks from like NDSU, SDSU. So like I was getting like the fame that I wanted, which is pretty cool. I just never thought it was coming from football. Yeah. So all that attention was kinda of like it was nice, but it still wasn't gonna go with mine because at the end of the day I still want to play basketball. But then my my senior year came along, I'm like, Well, I'm I'm doing really good in football, but then basketball is like I'm still contributing to the team. I'm still like getting some points, but I'm not really a big factor that way so I'm like well what can I do that can help me go to college because at that point it's like it's my senior year I really want to go to college and help my parents out because I don't want mm-hmm. like, to pay all that money for like school when I can get a scholarship from football I'm like, well I'll just take the best way out and took the football route and then at that time since Crookston was like my, my highest offer like scholarship wise I took that route going in I didn't really know that much about the team like I knew they were like at the bottom of the of the poll because like the nsic they're like the second best d2 conference so i knew they had good teams like the major mccato Duluth, which i could have went to but i'm like well if they're offering this much and is offering that much i'm going to take the bigger money and plus at the end of the day i thought i thought about it well at the end of the day it's going to say you have m degrees i'm like well it's not going to say cricket it's just going to say rosa minnesota so i'm like okay so that's (laughs) wise in the future so i'm like okay i'll do that and then freshman year, I went to Crookston. The area is different from the city because it's like a small town. don't nothing really much to do. I just – I wasn't going to go there, focus on football in school, meet some friends, hang out with the guys on the team. So my freshman year, I ended up shirting, which I thought was, was like the smartest choice by me and by the coaches because, like, I feel like I wasn't fully prepared because like, at that time, that would have been, like, my – so sophomore, junior, senior. That would have been just my fourth year playing football. Mm. I still had, like, a lot to learn, a lot to learn about the game. So during that whole time, I, I would still practice. I would still travel to the games, but I wouldn't play. I would just be on the sideline watching like, my, my position, watching what the guys were doing just so I can, like, better understand the game. Like, even now, I feel like I still learn the game a little more. every. Like, even now. Back then, it was, like, a lot of learning experience for me. And my body wasn't, like, as big. I was still, like, 6'1", 6'2". I was, like, 170 as a freshman. So, like, I was pretty kind of small, I guess you can say. And then my, my my spring, my freshman year, I transitioned from corner, which I went against a corner, to safety, which is, like, different. I'm like, well, for safety, you, you got to learn way more than just mm-hmm. corner. You got to know, like, what corner's doing what the DBs are doing and what the linebacker's doing. And it's, like, it's just way too much information to learn at once. But I actually got a hang of it. And then, so then my sophomore year, my freshman year, I was the starter in free safety. So it's pretty cool. I ended up having, like, 50-plus tackles, one pick, maybe seven ten 10 PBU. So, like, I had a great rest of freshman season, which is something I was proud of because I'm, like, from going on and playing corner to safety. And then, so, like, I ended up playing both corner and safety there because some, some guys got hurt. So, some some days I play corner, but I was playing. I started the first five games to safety, halfway through the season, play corner and safety. So, like, it was cool learning that I could do both at one hour point The Coach went on the interview. So I was I was happy that I was able to be a fast learner and, and adapt to change. Like that's like the biggest thing I've been able to do. Like my whole life, just adapt, adapt and different changes. Like moving here at five years old, playing football super late, and just all those changes. Like something that I've been able to learn super fast, and just grateful to like have the knowledge to do that. Well, and then,
0: and let's if, if I could stop here a second, let's talk about that. It's because then you know from soft from never playing football, yeah. yeah sophomore year. So in, you know, what you say, 4 or 5 years you go from never playing football to playing receiver to yeah. them playing corner to them playing safety and not just playing safety, but playing safety at a high level where you're getting, you know, 50 plus tackles and and again like, you know, that mindset of being and and I'm I'm a football guy, I'm a sports guy, and so I know and I and I think many of our listeners will know that you know, it's like safety and corner just because they're defensive backs are two completely different positions. like you're yeah. your're your run stop first. you need to come up. so so your body even, I imagine you had to not just change your mind, you need you're learning you're you're now like the second quarterback of the defense where you're calling coverages and you're changing things. So mentally, you're in a completely different place. physically, the pounding that when you're a DB, you're kind of, I mean, you look at the great defensive backs, like Deion Sanders, like they weren't coming up and laying the wood on anybody, maybe by accident. Right. So, so they're covering um, and it takes hard, you know, great corners can become safeties like Aeneas Williams or Rod Woodson. Right. It's very few. It's hard to move from basically I have one guy or I have one half of the field to, I have responsibility for everything. So I think like, you know, what stood out to me and what and what you just shared with us from, you know, five years old to, you know, probably 19, 20 years old as you made that transition is just like adaptability and resilience. You go from Liberia to Minneapolis, right? It's cold here. I, I mean, I moved from DC to Minneapolis and I was like, what am I thinking? Right? So it was, it was, uh, I almost went back. I came in February and, uh it was like dude i'm i i made the wrong decision but that was you know 21 years ago now so so i so you know you get you you don't get used to it you put up with it that's the way i i see it but so so that's fascinating and then um and then so at that point you have that you have that great freshman red red shirt year and then and then i assume covid is covid happens then and does that change anything for you? Or were you looking to make the move and go to St. Thomas? Like, what is 2020 and, and 2021, you know, what transpires?
1: Like, I still knew I, And my dad, like, in my head, I knew after my freshman year, like, just the environment. Like, the people I met were, were great. The coaches I met and the guys I met, they were all great. But in the back of my head, I just knew I wanted to go back home at some point or, mm-hmm. like, come right out of here. Because, like, it just wasn't my style, like, and it's cold, like it's it's by Grand Forks. It's like one of the coldest city in the states, and like yeah. it's like Kansas, like it's freezing up there. Yeah, right? you're
0: up there, right? And that's like so people don't know, yeah. you know, if you look at a map of Minnesota, the Twin Cities is is kind of down in this pocket. Um, uh, you know, what's what would that be? Kind of to the south east of the state. Crookston's up here. Like yeah. you're closer to Canada than you are to Minneapolis, which. Which, uh, for someone from Brooklyn Park, Minneapolis area, Brooklyn Park, for those who don't know, is a, is a like first ring suburb outside of Minneapolis. It's it's basically the city, right? I live in Bloomington, which is similar, you know, as its proximity to the to the city. So that's a huge shift, and I like, you know, that that's tough to do to go, you know, not just. Um, you know, and it's, and it feels like to me, like come from a big family, maybe, maybe family's important, right? Cause you said one of your decision processes for going to the school, right? Like if I'm looking at those and I get, I even have interest from, you know, like an NDSU who puts out NFL players. You're like, wow, I even a walk on up there, but you're going, what's, what's best for my family. So obviously even by the, 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 um, what you've shared with us around your decision factor is family's important to you. So going that far away, I imagine must've been tough. It's, I mean, I'm going to also call it what it is. Like Minnesota is not the most diverse state uh, most of the diversities in in the Twin Cities, I know I've had friends who's gone to Crookston, so they play basketball there. So I know that there is some diversity of 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 folks there, but it you know it's not so there's probably not maybe a lot of people who look like you, who talk like you, who who like the same things as you. So I imagine that could have even compounded it. You're away from your family, you're far away from the cities. It's cold. Yeah. Uh, so so that that says even in your mind, like I'm gonna. I'm going to go somewhere else in the future but what's interesting to me johnson is it doesn't change the fact that you go out and you give it your best even if you knew that ultimately somewhere down the road you wanted to get back home a lot of folks if that's in their mind they go well like why even try but you went out and put in like a, a fantastic season um so can you can you shed a little bit of light on what your mindset was like when you're when you behind the scenes knew that you might not be there long term, but you still go out and you put in that high of a caliber of of output uh, on the field?
1: Yeah, so like after my my freshman year, which I restated, like my mind was just like, well, I, I I need to get my get my body bigger. I need to get hit the weight room more that off season. I'm going to start watching more film. Watching more players that I look up to, like Jalen Ramsey's like mm. my third corner because I look up to him a lot. So I, just watching more feeling on guys I look up to, guys that put the position, just like what I can do to like like get that mental game right. Because like the mental game is where, where everything's at. Like if you don't have a strong mindset about something, like you're never going to achieve whatever you put your mind to. You don't have that work ethic and that mindset. So that offseason to me was very big. I got my body right. I got bigger, I got stronger. Like, I could definitely lift more. I could see that. So, all of that play his part. I'm like, wow, like that falling fall. I had a great resters freshman year. I don't know. I just, cause like, I feel like when I, when I put my mind to something, like, I can achieve it. So, that's like just my thought process beyond that. It's just like, what can I do better? And I achieved those. So, that yeah. actually had a big part, of just my mindset.
0: And, and now you, I want to come back to something you said earlier uh, Kobe Bryant. uh you said you you know you looked up to him you you uh you know uh, you know michael jordan was my era right i'm 41 um so but i you know there uh, a couple months ago i was at an event and i got to uh speak to and listen to a presentation by a gentleman by the name of tim grover tim grover was michael jordan and kobe bryant's uh personal trainer um and he's got some amazing stories, but some behind the scenes. And he's got a couple of books he's put out that are fantastic. But he talks about, you know, the the competitiveness of Michael and how, you know, not everybody liked him. And if you saw The Last Dance, you see like all of that. And Tim's in that, that show, that, that, uh, that series. And like Kobe with the Mamba mentality and just like the way he attacked a level of competitiveness and, and a mentality of belief in himself um that put him apart makes him you know arguably you know it's depending on the generation right you're gonna say you know throw LeBron in there too right because like I think what LeBron has done with his um his staying power at such a high level can't be can't be discounted how you're still putting up 20 30 40 points a game he's like two years younger than me and the man is still crushing it so I don't know you know I would I would not uh, be offended by putting any one of those three on top, depending on what metric you use, but the, the mindset, right? Like, so when you, like at a young age, when you're looking at, at people like that, even though they're, you know, you end up in football, they're, they're in basketball. Um, do you think that has an influence on you and the way that you attack what you do and the way that you approach it and, and kind of the way your mindset, uh, has evolved? Um, when, when those are the the athletes and, you know, Jalen Ramsey as a corner is kind of in that same, you know, he, he takes risks, he goes after it. Like he, he, uh, he, he believes in himself, which I think when you're on an island, uh, as at that position, you have to, and, and that's part of the, uh, that that may be, uh you know i don't want to say overconfidence but the 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 innate belief that you can do anything you put your mind to which you just said i think has to be there if you want to be the best at what you do how do you think some of those athletes that you look up to had that influence on you from such a young age up until even even now
1: yeah i'd say colby just like just that mindset of having that member mentality Mat- you talked about a lot just being locked in like you're so locked in and something like you're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish that and for him i feel like that's winning those championships those five championships he won like being that locked in where he's like i'm going I'm to put my body at risk do what i can to get bigger stronger faster and just do whatever that's best for the team because like at the end of the day everybody wants to win but it's like how much I wanted to do or to take mm. or to raise to, to win. I feel like that's like where I got his mentality from. And then one thing like my parents is like I look out to my parents like the most as a like family support to me. like just watching how like especially with my died and mom how like they didn't grow up with much and just being able to, to bring my family here to this country and just provide for us like because like I have like I'm one of six kids. Mm. So like I have my, my four and I have two little ones so I was born here. So it's like just watching them do what they do every day just a little sacrifices for us is something like I took a, a kind of like it wasn't like like I didn't acknowledge them I I acknowledge everything that they do for us I was like just them working hard and that mindset they installed me at a young age So it's just, like my dad one day I saw talking he's like if you want to achieve something make sure you do it, like at like, your fullest and make sure like you, you're just not lazy about work because like work is like something he does every day i've noticed mm-hmm. he works every day it's like if you're, if you're going to work make sure you put in your best effort and just work hard because like a lazy person is not going to achieve anything a lot that's stuff he used to tell me as a younger kid so that's something i was stuck to heart and whatever i want to do i am going to put my best effort in it to provide for my fans just how my parents are doing for us so that's like also where i get that mindset and like that attitude from like i'm going to do my best and be the best, best friend that i can be for my future family because that's what i want to do
0: i love that uh so so let's get back to um to to your journey so you wrap up that great year and then so what 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 gets you from crookston to ultimately to st paul and and at st thomas
1: yeah so after that season at crookston since like so don't my time crookston my, my freshman year we won one game like they were like the last team ever like at the bottom of the pole and my freshman year, they won one, one game. Right, sure, freshman season, we won one game. So it was, like, at that point, it's, like, I, at some point in my life, I want to be a winner. Like, I just can't keep losing, like, this. especially, like, how, like, in some games we were so close every time, but it's, like, it's not working out. And at some point, I feel like that's where you just got to pivot your life and see what's best for you and what's best out there. So I knew, like, going into the season, I'd have to have the great season to, like, go somewhere bigger and better. So I'm, like, well that's why I, I did, I had a great season, now what's next, and then since we were sold bad, like, for, at football, then, like, canceling the program, like, at all, like, they just shut down the whole program, so, it was, it was St. Cloud State first did it, and then we followed St. Cloud State, St. Cloud State did it because, like, hockey reasons, or, like, financial reasons, we just did yeah. it because, like, like, money reason, but also, we were, like, last get last yeah, it's
0: tough day. to justify can you know uh if if it doesn't financially make sense to yeah. justify you know if your team's not not uh successful yeah
1: so then when did shut the program i'm like well i feel like my my prayers were kind of answered because i was looking to transfer anyway and since they did that for me, I'm like, well, now I can leave because, like, there's a rule like you can leave without being penalized because mm. at- I didn't transfer out. The program got yeah. shut down, so I can go anywhere and play like right away, not having to sit out a year. So then I just put together a quick highlight tape and then reach out to coaches via like Twitter and just do whatever I can. Just put my name out there, get more coaches. Go back to coaches that recruit them out of high school and see what's if they're still interested in me or if they'll even look at my film. But something that's one that like, Coach K, Coach really see at St. Thomas, he always like reached out to me no matter what. Like even at Crookston, he, he I'll still get like a weekly or a monthly, just every now and then, just just texting, how are you doing? Like how's Crookston doing? It's so, like that's something that I, I remember. And like my my visit here, I remember my visit like, my junior year, because, like, it was a great visit, and, like, I truly love St. Thomas. It's, like, the campus, the area. It's 25 minutes from the house. Yep. And it was, like, and I always wanted to come to St. Thomas, probably, for basketball. I grew up playing basketball camps here in, like, 6th and 7th grade. I remember basketball camps, so I still remember, like, how, like, the place was, like, the, all the pretty view, but then, like, is St. Thomas really a place I want to go, because I knew they were still a D3. I knew it just, like, crooks didn't, like, there wasn't that many people of color like that and commas. Mm-hmm. So that's that all played a factor but now i knew like if i if I was to come here i'll get a great education and hopefully after doing my time i have I'll, I'll be in line to get a great job at some point in my life yeah. so those are facts that came in but then i probably also still want to go division one right away yeah but i was still looking at like uh and und because far grand forks is like half an hour from crooks and like i was still trying to reach out to the coaches there each other different coaches so I spoke to a lot of coaches I still got a lot of offers I got way more offers like in the portal then than I did my my like my senior year in high school so like that feeling felt great it was a blessing for me to even get that many coaches reaching back out to me and just like hey this is a spot here we want to kind of play for us so but my biggest thing is again is like family home and St. Thomas being like the closest it, it came, literally came down to St. Thomas earth St. John's, like it literally Mm. came out. You made the right
0: choice, my friend.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like because I knew like both schools were good at football. They were both D three powerhouses in Minnesota. Once an hour and a couple minutes away. Once just twenty minutes away. I guess the biggest thing was like my dad can watch every home game because my parents I told them not to come to a home game just because like it's like a five-hour drive yeah it's tough we're not winning I don't want to sit in the cold just to watch us lose so it was like yeah I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm like but like at St. Thomas they can come to every game like and that's like my dad went to every home game so that's something I, I appreciate a lot and my mom she made it every once in a while when she can but that took a big factor in why I chose St. Thomas just because I, I had a great connection with the coaches from, from high school and they still was in contact with me. And it, it was still, like, the same coaches that recruited me, like Coach K and Coach Caruso, they are still here. And, well, they're not going anywhere. So, like, yeah. I'm just I'm here. he gave my best. And at the end of the day, great education. You get to play football at a great school, great coaches, meet new people. So those are our factors why I came here.
0: Yeah, I love that. So So you come in and – what people may may or may not remember in 2019, uh, Saint Thomas was was dominating in many sports uh, across. I mean, softball, basketball, baseball, hockey, women's and men's football. We you know we we had uh, we were you know competing for national championships in across the board, and we were part of for a hundred years. I think we were one of the founding members of uh, the MayaC conference uh, with other um, you know liberal arts uh, you know private schools in in the Midwest I think almost I think all of them are in Minnesota and so um, and there was there had always been some you know us being positioned where we were in the Twin Cities a lot of alumni support a lot of like uh, uh, financial support from uh, from alumni and other and other board members and trustees and stuff um, it, it may have been, there was a perception of maybe competitive imbalance i mean that said we weren't other we weren't great in every sport like you said st john's was was also very competitive and winning um and different myx schools i don't want to say prioritized other things but it was still a great education uh regardless of the you know people came there to get a great edge. this is my biased opinion right but people came there to get a great education and win and so yeah. you know there you can do both and anyway, Mayak for whatever reason decides they don't want St. Thomas anymore. They kick us out. Yeah. And it gets a lot of publicity. I remember Scott uh um uh Scott Van Pelt on um Sports Center talking about it. Like it was all over the place, and like it was very and it was like, Well, now what are we gonna do? Um, so we'll get back to that, that kind of in a second. But to set the stage, you come in, it's a division three school. You're like, okay, division three, that's fine. I'm gonna compete. For 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 national championships, I'm gonna my family gets to watch me. Let's go. Um, now COVID happens and takes away your 2020 season. I imagine, right? So so that's so you are so you're there, kind of, right? You you I mean we don't have to get into to the details of it, but I know I coached kids at the lacrosse program who were there at the same time. Um, they're basically in your room, right? So you go from being uh, you have a whole different challenge as an athlete because you're isolated. You probably can can you can't really work out the way you want to do. You kind of you, like that's a tough thing. So even, you know, what was your mindset like around staying connected and into it for an entire year where you can't play the game that you love? You can't get out on the field. You can't do the thing you came there to do. What was that like during 2020? like Not even having a season and not being able to compete.
1: Yeah, so I changed St. Thomas that February of 2020 where COVID happened. So I was literally on campus and like, the dorm area for, like, three weeks, and then we had to move back out. Like, I, I had to move back on Broken Park because it was, like, it was so bad. It was spreading so fast. Like, we couldn't even practice. We couldn't even meet. Like, we had a couple of meetings before that, and then COVID happened, where, like, everything had to be on zone, classes on zone. So, like, all that was just way too much pressure. It was just, it felt like you couldn't do anything at all. It just felt like, hopeless. So, it was, like, I literally just came here, met some of the guys who I knew from, like, high school and, like, basketball growing up. I was, like, I didn't even know, like, half the guys' names. But, yeah, I can't even do that because COVID happened. So, it was, like, all that was just, like, I don't know. Like, it just felt, like, kind of bad because, like, I want to meet people like I want to meet the guys I want to like be at practice like I want to play games but you couldn't even do that so it was just like I don't know like college is like a hard time for most athletes not just for me but like I feel like yeah it was like mentally it was just like in your head you're just stuck it's like you can't do anything really so it's like I don't know but during during that time I just had to get and just focus on what I can do because like you want to control what you can control? That's something called Kirk so it says a lot. So it's like, I just try to do what I can do best. It's just, like, learn the playbook right away because I, I got the playbook to take home, learn right away, watch film, watch what they do. So, like, going in, I knew, like, if I if I transfer like, I knew, like, I could play. Now nah, that just depends on if I want to be a starter or if I want to be a role player. Like, that was, like, my two mindsets. Like, well, I want to play and I want to start. So, like, I'm going to do whatever I can to, like, come in right away and, like, hopefully play because I knew, like, I could win a championship here. I still thought we were going to have a, a season where, like, after the cover, was, like, we can play in the championship again. Like, I literally wrote down goals of my come here win a championship. I was like, we can't do that because that fall season, everything gets canceled. And then next thing I know, that summer, there's, like you said, like the big news of ESPN, like, we're going to go in the D1 era. Like, because, like, we had a whole team meeting on, on Zoom. I think it was in Zoom when we found out we were going to go D1, which is pretty cool. I'm like, well. I didn't get a chance to play D3. Like, yeah. be... <laughs> so that was like my mindset was like, wow. From D3 to D1, that that's a big jump. Like, yeah. I, guess I still couldn't comprehend at that time. I was like, we're actually doing this. Like, all sports, not just football, all sports are doing this. So, I, in my mind, I was like, well, then, which comments are we going to join? Because I was thinking, like, Missouri Valley, just because we're so close to all the schools, like NDSU. Right. Or, like, it'll be an easy drive to all the schools. And I was like, no, we found out we're going to go to the Pioneer League. It was like, okay. I've never heard of them Pioneer before. Like, I didn't know any of the schools. Like, the only the school I knew was Davidson because, like, Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> That's all only school I knew in the conference. But then, we were like, going to the conferences, like, I, I was excited just to play at whatever level because like, I feel like even at, at D2, at Crookston, I feel like I was playing against kids that were D1 caliber athlete Like, especially yeah. kid, But, like, Duluth, like, Cato, Bemidji States, those three schools, like, there's, like, kids on there who can't play at the Division 1 school, like, easily. Yeah. So I knew like I had the right mindset. I knew I I faced competition like at a D two school that I can use my advantage to play against guys who are D one built. So like all that kind of prepared me like into like the following season that we had, our first D one year, which we won seven and three, finished third, tied for third in conference, only losing by one game, two games, because if we would have won against uh San Diego and Davidson, we would have tied for for first. Mm. San and, Diego, yeah.
0: No, finish. No, no I was
1: going to say, in San Diego it was like a tough loss for it because like we were that close to winning. But that, that game just, I still get a PTSD from that game just because I had close ready to winning our first year. But after so, that season, we just realized, okay, this is, this is what it's going to be like and we can for sure play. Cause like, I feel like God's going in. We're, we're the undogs in every game. It's still to this day, I feel like we're still undogs. But now more teams are aware of who we are and what we can do. But our first year was like, nobody knew about us. And I feel like nobody cared about us. Like, nobody cared we were a Powerhouse D3 school. Nobody cared we we're St. Thomas. So I feel like that going, we had a lot to prove, not mm-hmm. just to them, but to ourselves. Like, we can't play. I feel like most kids here were still like Division three So, like, yeah.
0: and for me being different,
1: D2 is like a different mindset kind of you can see. Yeah. Like, people didn't believe the three kids can play against the region one kids. So it was like, well, we got to prove to ourselves first. Yeah, prove ourselves. We can yeah prove you
0: got to believe. I, I have this framework that I use. Um, the acronym is, is B-A-D-O. Belief comes first. You have to believe in yourself. before I And mean, without belief, you can't, you can't move towards success. Then action, then discipline on that action. So once you have to believe, you identify the actions that that need to be uh, done to reach the goal you want to get to, then you have to have the discipline to do it every single day. Uh, you know, get, like you were doing, right? You get up in COVID, you're learning the playbook, even though you don't know what's coming, you could, you may, you may need to be ready because that's what was so interesting about that season is that we had no idea. Like, yeah. are you going to get to play five games, no games, one game, something, right? So you got to be ready and, and so you got to have the discipline to get up every day to, to work out, to, to get into your playbook, to, to, go to those zoom meetings with your with your team with your um position group and learn uh and then and then you get the outcome and and then it's it's just a rinse and repeat because once you get the outcome you know the outcome for you for is might be you know we want to win a game right like or for you it's like the championship but the championships won one play at a time right so you know you can't you you can you, you if you all you care about i think you mentioned this previously is that, um, everybody wants to win a championship, right? When you start a season, if I, if I, if I go and I speak to a team and I say, what's everyone's goal, win a championship. Okay. Guess what? If I went and talked to everybody in the pioneer league and ask them what their goal is, they'd all say win a championship. So you all have the same goal. Great. But how do you get there? And what daily disciplines you need to put in place to, to do that? Um, I want to dig inside maybe a little bit behind the scenes. What, what was that messaging like to the team to say we're going from D three to D one starting next year? You know, a lot of a lot of other when other people have done this, when other programs uh have made this move, they always had to go D2. So you'd go D2 for two years and then you'd go D3. So you kind of had this ramp up period. You could get scholarships involved and you can you can do things. Uh we flipped the switch in July yeah. to go D one in. In the fall, right? So, like, it it was pretty fascinating to watch it happen from the outside. Um, but knowing that, and and like, did you know at that time that also? Because I think it would have been made public that, um, postseason play was not on the table. So, um, th- that's tough too to say. No matter what we do, um, we're not going to be able to go, uh, go compete for. A national champion we can get like a conference you know which which we did right you guys i think the second year um got the regular season championship and you accomplished that goal and then you got to sit at home and watch teams that you beat go compete for um for for the tournament um because in in the the, the tier of division one that we participate in uh, in fcs uh like eventually will happen next year with all the 12 team tournament and fps we have FCS, There's, you know, 16 teams. I think that that are in more brag, more like March Madness bracket play, which I love. I think it, it's really exciting and fun. And that's how D3 was. I think D2 is too. So everything else besides uh, FBS D1 plays that way. Um, so tell me a little bit about that as an individual, saying, "All right, I come here. You know, COVID happens. I still lean in. We're going D1, or then I learn we're going D1, but then I also learn that." We're not going to be able to go, no matter right? if we go 10 and 0, like our season's going to be done. If we go 0 and 10, it's like, you know, that's that's gotta be a little bit of a struggle. And maybe some people saying, I'm out, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Duluth, I'm gonna go to Mankato, I'm gonna go transfer because I I want, you know, how does how does the leadership keep a team together when that is a known outcome?
1: Yeah. And like one more heard the news about going D1. About not being as well for bowl seasons, playoff seasons. Like some kids did, they, they they have that thought, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm i am I am i do not think I'm ready for the reason one yet. I thinking I still want to play deep three or go somewhere else and transfer. And some kids at that time did eventually go somewhere else and play because I, I don't know what their background is or backstory, but s- some kids did do that. And then, but for some of us, the guys like me who stuck around. I think it's just about coach scores. I'll talk about mental toughness a lot, and it's like we knew going and there's no playoff for us at all. But it's just like you just gotta be mentally tough to just prepare each day like it's your last day just prepare. Mm-hmm. this for those like seniors who stuck and played their their last season, our first division one era. Those guys, I give a lot of props to those guys because, like, those guys did not have to play at all. Like, those guys, I'm like, yep, I already played my four years. Division III. Like, I'm, I division three. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not d D1 bill. I'm not d D1 right. But there's a lot of guys who still st- stuck to the program. And that just tells you how much of a brotherhood we have at St. Thomas. Like, their guys were willing to, like, not just get a job, not just start working, but, like, come back one more year just to be, like, we play division one football. So those guys – I give them a lot of credit because, like, what they did showed me coming in, like, okay, so this is what the program is about, like, just being mentally tough, just preparing. And, like, the coaches, like, at practice, that's Thomas because like, before before the announcement happened, like, we, we, we tried to schedule teams to play us, during like, that time period was like, COVID happened, and, and we had the whole season, but no one wanted to play us. I don't know why, but CSP was the only team that scrimmaged us that whole way till, like, the next fall season. So, I don't know, it's kind of short, but just watching those guys practice every day like it was their last, and then seeing them play like their first game, and then seeing them get their first Division One win. I played that. Probably, that's probably one of like, the coolest moments for me, just being on the team, just watching those guys just enjoying somebody in the first division because they never thought they would play Division One football yeah. at all. Yeah. So, all that was pretty cool. And just like just going in, me because i started right away as a oh i worked my way up because like coming in i was i was with like the twos and threes right away and i ended up working my way up to start our first division one year which is like something that i'm like super proud i did that just just thinking now just following my little plan in my head that i want to be a starter and just accomplishing that something i'm proud of because i had a, a good season i thought i had a strong enough season where like in the case where i could get like second or first team second team on conference but that never happened so that's something I'm like kind of shocked it didn't happen but like at the end of the day it's just about gotta keep working like what's next I feel like that's something I've learned in my life like if I do this now what's what's next what's after that so that's something I I feel like great that I was able to do that my first year but then second year I feel like that's what the the table turned like renew the the teams we're playing now, we knew all all their strength, all their weakness. We knew the powerhouse was Davidson. I feel like everybody was chasing Davidson and San Diego. But those two teams were like the powerhouse of the conference. But not all we were chasing, just we're always chasing ourselves. Yeah. Nobody can beat us except for us. I feel like that's something that Coach Rivers did a good job just mentally preparing us like, our own focus and our own chase is we're just chasing ourselves. Like we weren't worry about chasing San Diego. We weren't about chasing Davidson, even though they were the pothouse of the of the schools in the conference. We're just concerned about ourselves. And that's something I'm I'm glad he did that. And like how he said it, I don't know how I don't remember how he said, but that's something like he said to us, like our own focus is on us. Like, what can we do better each day to give it our all when we're out there playing these games? And we shouldn't worry about all oh, just because this team has a better uniform. Better facilities, better athletes than us, because some teams did have that athletes. Just because cause we still had some some Division three kids on the roster at that time, still. But I just love how he phrased it. Like we're only run right by ourselves. We're only trying to chase other teams around, and we knew more about these teams our second year. I feel like, and guys are just more bought in. I've never seen a group of guys bought in as much as our second year. Like we had leaders like Luke who's Like I've knew Luke Glenn since I was like sixth grade playing basketball with him. He was our first starting free safety. He that year he had like 100 plus tackles mm-hmm. as a free. Safety. So guys like leadership, like guys like him, guys like Kay Sesshara who was our quarterback that year, and we ended up going 10 and 0 in conference play. I've never seen a group of guys so much bought in into so like whatever they put. Just it was just crazy to see, but both, both sides of the balls were balling out, both offense and defense. We had a lot of players make first, second team. That year just because like I've never seen so many guys just give it their all just for each other. I feel like that's that's the biggest thing and believe. Like we we started watching Ted Ted Lasso as a team. <laughs> and it's it. just closer, believe. I think we started watching that our first season because believe was like our, our mission that year, just just give us like, that sense of believe like believe we can do this, believe we can do we can do whatever we put our mind to. And then I feel like each year, this last season I, I third season, we just ended the the season at Ted Lasso. Yeah. I thought like we was something that stuck with us for the longest time. I feel like that year, we truly believed we could win it. And I feel like we just put it all together and just end up winning the conference. winning we went 10-0. In the postseason, season we couldn't compete. But just that sense of, like, we did it. We're, we're our team first ever conference championships in the division yeah. That's something those guys will ever be proud of. That's something I'm forever proud of. That's something, like, the coaches can be proud of. So I'm just happy how this season went that year. I was, I was... Well,
0: and you mentioned something earlier, Johnson, around uh, control the controllables, right? And so you know, you you look through your story, and there's so much outside adversity where you could have easily said, you know, you know, um, I guess I guess it's uh, it's not in the cards, right? So you you know, you 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 go to Crookston. You get redshirted. Oh, I guess it, I guess guess it's not in the cards, right? But instead, you lean in and you double your efforts, and you have you know the uh, unbelievable freshman year. Then the the program is canceled. You're like, okay, the place I thought I was going to come to, I go, it's gone now. Um, but instead of the woe is me, it's the what's next, and and uh, and and where can I go, and where can I can I um, uh, you know where can I find opportunity? And that belief that kind of everything happens for a reason, and these doors are being opened or kicked open by you, uh, and you and you running through them and capturing what's behind it. Um, the the interesting thing around like, my belief is that there's really three, only three things that we actively control in this world. It's our effort, our energy and our attitude. And, and that if we focus on that, then everything else takes care of itself. Yeah. You know, like, like we said, it's cold here. We don't control it. But we control how we respond to it. And there's that, that, uh, uh, distance between, uh, activity and response. And we decide how we respond to that. So that year, when you guys go 10 and 0, you, you know, you knew at the end of the year, no matter what the outcome, you're not going to go, go to the playoffs. Uh, you can't go complete in the postseason, but you, took the opportunity of let's just go take it one game at a time. Let's believe in ourselves. Let's be the best we can be. And that, and, and it was a historic, not only again, going D three to D one historic. We didn't stop there though. We said, we're going to go, we're going to take the, the first championship and, and that's going to be a crown that we're going to grab. Um, And, you know, so you, you, you have a good year that year too, you're participating, but it seems like 2023, you 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 have a a really good year right uh i mean i i guess by the numbers you know better than me i watched some games and i and i paid attention but you get you get three interceptions, you take one of the house right so you you get your tackles tackle for loss breakups like a well rounded year you you're, you're you're playing in every game um so uh so you know you you see this ascension from from twenty one twenty two twenty three and um and again same thing right you you still you're coming back and not only you have to recruit players in who know there's no postseason. you have to keep them the players there who have come in who now so like the culture building i mean caruso i don't know him personally i'd love to get to know him someday because i feel like we'd really hit it off he he's got to be a unique leader and culture builder to create an atmosphere that 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 pulls the thread through these five years from 2019, you know, 2018, 2019 through 2023 through everything that happens. So, you know, you mentioned that like connectivity between a team, I think is the secret sauce. Like if you're a connected team, that's, that's unmeasurable um, distance creation that isn't going to show up on the stat sheet, meaning like, you know, bigger than pounds and height, it's bigger than forty yard dashes. It's it's it. You can do great things when your team is super connected, uh, and I feel like UST breeds connected teams. But it feels like you guys took that to the next level. So, like how how important do you think not just those player leaders that you talked about, but those coaches that you talked about? They stayed in touch with you. Then once you got there, they took care of you. Like they they really created a community and a brotherhood. Like the way you talk about it, the way the way uh, it feels when you're saying it. Like, I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about that and how you feel that contributed to your success.
1: Yeah, so like with the coaches here, like they're not just selling these high school students or transfer player a dream. They're just being 100% their self. And they're just being unique their own way. Like they're gonna tell you from the start, like if you're gonna come here like this, just to like, thing about wearing the jersey or things gonna get flashy things, because Coach Caruso, he's not a flashy guy. He, he's a very low-key, basic guy. He likes everything done in a structured way. So like he he doesn't really care much about like the fa- like fancy or anything flashy. He just does everything the does everything like the same way every time, and that's like the best thing about him. He he, he never changes for anybody. He's always stays himself. So that's something I learned from like when they cream out of high school. Like those like these coaches, they're not selling just fake dreams to these athletes. Like they're being they're, they're true self. They're telling you you're gonna. If you come here, you're gonna get a great education. You're gonna leave here, prepare for life, and they're gonna make you better, better men, better future, better husbands, better dad, brother, father. So, like, that's something they've always said to me. And, and whenever I see recruits and meetings, that's something they still say the same thing. So, like, those guys are bringing their true selves from the very start of things. And yes, like, yes, even though we're D1, even though we're getting more stuff, we truly don't care about getting more stuff because we just care about doing the routine thing routinely and those guys always been themselves that's something i appreciate a lot because with coach k and coach uh, caruso those two guys i have the most connection with coach k if you guys don't know he's our defensive coordinator and over the years we've built such a great relationship with each other like those guys are like like dads for me like i i consider them as a father figure like behind my own dad those guys, I can always go up to their room, their offices, text them, call them, just talk about whatever, not just football, just life in general, just how am I doing? How are their family doing? Like, what can I do better to prepare for this week? Just stuff like that. Stuff that really matters, because I feel like some coaches may not have the time for all of that. Some coaches may be too busy, but those guys, mm-hmm. they always have time for their athletes, and it's not something, like, they have to do. That's something they want to do. Like, they want to do a personal relationship with us, like, Coach Caruso takes pictures of people, like, consistently just because, like, he 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 just loves having those moments where he's just, like, him and his phone. He just takes pictures, like, he's just like, smiles take a picture just because he just loves being, like, in the moment, and he just wants, wants to capture that. I feel like those guys have always been, been the, their true self. They're not trying to sell just because they're D1. You're going to come here right away. You're going to play. No, it's like, no, if you come here, there's a certain standard you have to meet to even mm. play. Like guys know, they come there, they're gonna have to compete and fight for like a starting spot or a chance to even play. So that's something they even told me when I first transferred. Like just because you're going D two, like you're not just coming. It's not not gonna be easy for you. And like in practices since I've been here, it's like they practice like they're at like a division one level already. Like practice, there's like no walk. Everything is fast. Everything is intentional. There's there's like intention behind like every little thing we do. So it's like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk just because they were D3 and D1 now. Like, everything has been the same just how they coach. So like, like, practice is very competitive, very hard. And then tell these these recruits that when they come here, they're going to have to learn and earn their spot. Like, everything is not given in life. So that's something I've learned for sure coming here. Like, nothing is given. everything's earned. And if the coaches don't have your respect or they can't trust you out there, they're not, not going to play. Like, so coming here, like, guys have to be locked in lots of program and just just the guy standpoint like when when i first came here they all welcomed me with open arms they were mm-hmm. super friendly like i already met a lot of people before coming here but then the, the guys i met more they're all loving great guys and they're just saying here it's called family it's like for, for, forget about me i love you and that's something i've at crookston i never like felt that love by everybody everybody was on coaching was not that much diversity. Like they're, they're like black athletes, but they're, they were there only to play a sport. But here there's like guys who are here to play a sport, but they actually love and care about you just because you're part of the brotherhood now. It's like, that's yeah. how strong of connection we've built. So everything here has been great so far for me. Like I haven't had problems with anybody. All the coaches have been the same. They haven't like changed just because we're in division one now. They always stay the same. They stay true to their principles and their belief. And they just install like like great men in those like that's the biggest thing he told the recruits like I'm gonna make sure when you come here you're a better man. That's something I want my, my future kid if he yeah. was to come in school like I want I want to come back as a better man as a better person. I feel like that's something that Coach Cruzo does a great job. Him and Coach coaches does a great job just helping us prepare for life beyond football because at the end of the day it's more than just football. It's about like the relationship you build and the connection you make in real life. I gonna like bring your pure, pure, pure at least that's what I think. And that's what they've I, done.
0: Great- I know we didn't intend to make this a, a uh, promotional fo- uh, uh, commercial for university of St. Thomas or a recruiting video for the football team, but it is what it is. Right. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I've 20 years later, again, like I, 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 I part- I would say I participate I had a jersey on and was on the sideline for football games. It was a different program back then, a whole different thing. Um but even one of the things that through this journey, you know, Caruso coming on board, um you know, coming over from kind of like it wasn't a sexy hire, right? So like he wasn't it wasn't like bringing in some sort of huge name. Um he was at McAllister, right? Was not a football powerhouse. They bring him in But he did things a certain way, and it worked, and it worked right away. And he wasn't copycatting. So when I was there, there was St. John's was the powerhouse, and we it always seemed like we were trying to copy what they were doing, and it and it like it just it fell flat. And he came in, he brings in a new culture, a new thing. Not everybody liked it, uh, and then it starts working. And the one thing he did that was most significant he connected to those former players from a different era. I still, I'm on the distribution list. I get emails. I'm a part of the family. Um, And, and he, and, and, you know, that's important and it's not just for donor dollars. It's not just for, uh, you know, wanting to pack the stadiums that would happen regardless. It's because I think he really cares and he sees it as a brotherhood and I feel connected uh, and I want to participate and I want to be a part of it because of the way that he's created a family of everybody who's participated in the football team for over 100 years and, and that connectedness that, that he's built. Um, so turning the page, we're in 2024. What's next for for Johnson Fowler? What do what you, you know, having this uh, experience that you've had, all the 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 kind of ups and downs and lefts and rights and perseverance that you've had, um, what's the next step for you? What's the next adventure that you you will be embarking?
1: Uh, I guess what's next is since I just completed my last season this last fall. I started grad school, so I've been taking some courses. I'm trying to get that goes to get my MBA in business leadership. So I've been doing that, but I think I'm gonna take a pause on that. And right now I'm just job searching. I'm trying to get a full time job in sales or marketing. That's something I'm passionate of. And right I'm trying to decide like around like which like industry or which sector of sales and marketing I want to do. But that's something I'm just job searching meantime. I'm trying to get back into coaching. See, that's something of interest because I do love helping people. I do love coaching younger kids. I feel like coaching is something I could possibly do. So that's basically what's next: is job hunting, working part time, and try to get a little coaching gig on the side. But that's about it right now. I'm just trying to take life at a moment of time. You
0: know, that's it. I just wanna, I just wanna go to school, get a job, and coach. Nothing, nothing. No, no big deal, right? That uh, I, I find you as a person who uh, does not. A, does not uh, want idle time. Uh, you you mentioned it earlier, right? Like you know laziness. I I read a a, a proverb today. Um, uh, like I have this little book on my desk that my grandfather gave to me. It has like a Bible verse of the day, and today was was proverb uh thirteen twenty or fourteen twenty three. Um, and it, it said you know uh, hard work leads to. Um, like outcomes, laziness leads to poverty, right? Like, so if you, or or uh, just words, I forget the exact, but basically the gist of it is like, if you want something, go do work. If you're just going to talk about it, you ain't going to get nothing. And so I see you as a man of action and, and someone who wants to go out and get it. And I tell you what, like, you know, people in my network, you listen to this, you hear it, like hire this young man, give him a job because I promise you he will become. So I had, I had the, the, um, the pleasure of working with I, my colleague, um, his name's Dwayne Johnson. He was a former, not the Rock, but different Dwayne Johnson. He was a former professional athlete. He played football at, um, at University of San Diego, um, or, or San Diego State University, sorry, SDSU. And then he played professionally for the Falcons and the Giants, I think. And we hired him. He came on and, and was a, it was a, a sales development um, uh, person for us at our headquarters in, in California and. You know just the this is why I feel like athletes make great professionals because the work ethic this guy didn't know anything about the space we were in uh but he he knew that he was he was his you know he had like four or five years in professional athlete he was also a defensive back, which I mean being in the NFL for four or five years like that's awesome, right like that's an accomplishment and and so, um but he knew like i'm ready i'm 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 i don't want this grind i don't want to go to camps and try out and do all that stuff i'm ready to transition so he he looks up what's the top industry that's booming right now tech industry what's the best uh most like um like easiest way in but also the most competitive sales and marketing so he applies for business development rep for a tech firm um through a couple uh mutual connections that he had so um what i commit to you johnson is that w- we will find i will i will work with you to find somebody if you can't find a job like that's that's the, the fault of other people uh not understanding and hopefully they'll listen to this and and know what the gem they would have in bringing you on and and the uh the competitiveness that they would unleash upon their sales team if they had you um and uh and you know I've been coaching I I I started coaching in high school I talked our high school basketball coach um uh to let me be a uh, an, an assistant coach. So I could like, or I wanted to be a manager so I could get out of class early and go to the road games. And she's like, no, you're going to be a coach. Uh, she was, it was for the girls, JV team and a bunch of my friends played on it. So I'll just go hang out with my friends. She's like, you're going to be a coach. And, and cause I need boys playing against the girls so that they can, we can tough Like they'll have to have that physicality. So I started coaching JV girls basketball at 15 and 16. And I've been coaching ever since. And I coach lacrosse um now and and dude i love it like having positive impact on the youth like one of the things you talked about throughout this conversation the high school coach who um who got you to go to that that uh you know
1: saying uh was
0: it um yeah to go to the Jackrabbits camp right that doesn't happen maybe none of this happens right like the way that crusoe the way that coach k interact with you like that is meaningful. I have high school coaches caught like my college two college coaches are two of my like closest mentors that I ever have. And, and, you know, hopefully I hope that I have that kind of positive impact on young people I interact with. And, and, and I think you will too. I mean, the, the, the best thing we can do is pass on the great, uh, mentorship that we've had onto others and do with it something great, like it was done with us. So, um, man, I'm really appreciative for you taking the time to come on and and uh, and tell your story. fantastic story. Tell some of those leadership concepts that I think are universal, athletics, academics, business world, no matter what the things that 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 Johnson you've talked about here today, someone could take and go apply and be better at whatever they're doing, no matter what. I want to acknowledge and recognize you for um, for, for your accomplishments. Cause I know, you know, while you're proud of yourself, you're still humble and, and you're driven and, uh, and you still got a lot of uh, road ahead of you to do some awesome, awesome things, my man. So I'm looking forward to watching, uh, staying in touch with you, uh, you know, supporting you where, where we can. And, um, uh, am I'm, I'm happy for you, man. So, uh, any, any last words, anything you want to share or, or, or say today to wrap things up?
1: Oh, just thanks for having me on. And like, in life, like the movie, Pursuit Happiness, for most most of the if you want to do something live, just do it, period. Like that's like that's my mindset in life. Just what I want to do, I put my best foot forward and just try to accomplish that as best as I can. So, and just building connections and relationship, that's something that St. Thomas has done a great job with me and just like through like my networking and just meeting people on the team, building family, building community. I learned all great things here and that's something I'm proud of. Like I'm happy, I'm a Tommy. I can officially say that I'm an alumni, so it feels <laughs> great to come So, like, I just appreciate all the things I've gotten in life so far, and there's a lot more that I'm to do in life, and I just can't wait for those next steps of my life.
0: That's fantastic. Well, the best is yet to come, and and I'm looking forward uh, to seeing what those great things are, and, and let's go do great things, my man. Appreciate you.
1: Thank you, of course. Thanks. Yeah.